What was that? Well, hey, there we go. Hey, and welcome to episode seven of the Road to Raglan podcast. Yeah, <laughs> we're doing really well at this. Actually, I'm well chuffed. Well, hey, <laughs> well, hey. <laughs> I mean, seven episodes in like three months. No, he's not. He's that's. He's seven episodes, six episodes in a year, though one of them is released five days late. Well, the way that I'm looking at it is we only picked this back up in December, November, December. Yeah. And we've so, done three episodes. That's three episodes, Phil. Three episodes. Three episodes. I'm quite, I'm, I'm quite, I'm taking that as a win. I think it's the best we've ever done. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so it's nothing to sniff at. Exactly. But it's just because of our great love of fantasy nowadays as the superior gaming system. Oh, so, so good. So, so good. Yeah, exactly. So, do you want to tell the listeners what you are so happy about that you've come up with? So, Phil has been told about uh, Beiji's dragon that he's acquired from the Far East. And, uh, immediately set out to come up with whack counters so, my whack counter so so i wouldn't whack counter it apart from you know why don't you just tell everybody what your lord from the east rocks on his dragon soul bolt he's from the east so he's rocking well he's a obviously chaos lord beiji the replacement of jebe yeah um, so he's rocking a dragon, right? A great weapon, right? Um, and he's rocking the staff of change, which is fairly good. That fairly good. right? That so, by right, itself okay. it's okay. Is no, it's yeah. not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just Still. okay. It's okay. So, so yeah, he's rocking the staff of change, and then depending on how whack I'm feeling. It, he's rocking the Golden Eye of Zinch. So all the time he's rocking the Golden Eye of Zinch then. So well, right, so this is the thing. It's I actually want to be able to take my dragon without people calling me a cunt. <laughs> Not a chance. Well, it's, it will in, immediately inspire feelings of people being a cunt, so I'm considering not taking it all the time with the, the Golden Eye of Zinch. Okay. Unless I'm like if I'm playing like Chris or someone like that that I know will have just come up with the hardest magic item combination, I will he will be having the Golden Knives each. So, so for anybody who doesn't know what the Golden Knives each is, just tell them what that actually does. Oh, should we give them... Let's give them 10 seconds to look it up and then we'll tell them. One Mississippi, two Mississippi, three Mississippi. <laughs> right, so the Golden Knives each gives the rider and their mount a three-up ward save to all missiles and magical missiles. Oh. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So that means his dragon gets a three-up ward save on top of its already three-up scaly skin. Oh, yeah, it's filth. It's horrible. Like, I can see, like, so they did this knowing that you can put the Chaos God on a dragon and knowing that and it's mainly for disc lords, isn't it? It's yeah. for your disc that's popping about 
15 inches a turn. Not as much for the Chaos Dragon <laughs> getting hit by cannonballs. Yeah. So but they, for some reason, made it fit with the points values of the Staff of Change <laughs> so that you could give them both and be on a dragon. Though then again, as we discovered, the Lord on Dragon is second to Beastman Shamans of, with the Mark of Nurgle. <laughs> so, um, let me go through what my what my new uh, list is to to challenge. So to challenge you. Cap off. It's horrible. Zinch magic isn't great, but the dragon is still horrible. Oh yeah, 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 hundred percent, hundred percent. Zinch win a game this next year because of it. Zinch magic is is terrible. It is terrible, and anybody who tells me any different, I, I'll I'll literally. Laugh, laugh and walk away shaking your head so I thought about a list about trying to combat your lord on dragon and one of the things I was thinking about was wouldn't it be great if I had a big flying monster as well <laughs> you also have a dragon so I was thinking is it time well, I, for the- I will say countering a dragon with a dragon is very unimaginative but beastman can't go on dragons Gal, the two-headed special character dragon? Nah, it's a Zeech dragon. I've got no interest in that. Obviously a Zeech dragon. I wouldn't know because special characters are for losers. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> so what is something that, that another army that you know I'm currently working on? Well, it's gotta be a it's gonna be a hippo lord. Yes, it is a hippo lord. This, this, you've already done the hippo lord. No. You've been rocking about with that for many a game. Yeah, but it's a hippo lord where the lord isn't my general. Right. Okay, so go on. What is his, what is his stats? What is his breakdown? When you say, he, he can, can he break magical weapons and armor? Any <laughs> <laughs> <Any> chance? <laughs> uh, only magical weapons. I, it's really I rubbish. I don't have magical weapons. I know, I know. I realize this. I've been looking to see if the staff have changed as a magical weapon or it's not. not an item or an arcane item. Yeah, yeah. So um, he has the gauntlet of the jewel. Whatever. Yeah, that, that's does. just in case that I want to keep him safe while I'm getting up to you. Right, okay. The Morning Star of Fracassi, which is the destroying magic weapons. The only reason I'm looking at that, though, is because it gives you plus two to strength in the first round it's used. So, boom. Oh, so it's a second turn of plus two strength, basically. Yeah. So, charge in with the lance. I get to use the lance, then swap out to the magical weapon. Bop. So that's why it's got nothing to do with the fact that I actually want to use. So, so it's the, the second turn bop is what you're going for. Yeah, the second turn bop. Um, then he has the virtue of ideal, which gives him plus two to his weapon skill. What weapon skill does that make him? Eight. Eight. Right, so I think we'll be drawing on weapon skills then. Carry on. It gives him uh, plus one to his uh, attacks. And if I am correct, I think it gives him plus one to his initiative. Right, so the initiative, you're going to be striking before me anyway, because I've got a great weapon. 
yeah, so initiative seven, weapon skill eight, five attacks. Five attacks. So he's basically a chaos lord. Yeah. What's his strength? Is he strength four, though? Strength four base, yeah, fortunately. Right. So I w- you will be one higher strength for them two rounds of combat, like yeah. base. But we've got the same other stats. I also have weapon skill eight, initiative eight, five attacks. So, so, so it depends whether I go with the. I've got another. I've got another. I've got another gem on there as well. Go on. So I've got uh, the cuirass of fortune, which I re-roll once to wound in close combat. So wounded on twos get to re-roll ones. So on threes. You strength six. I'm talking. Oh, you're tough. There's five, aren't you? If, yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. So we did on threes, re-rolling ones. Still fairly good. Still fairly good. And that is pretty much it. Uh, that so basically to fight a chaos lord on a dragon, I got the nearest thing I could get to a chaos lord on a dragon. Ah, uh, right. Yeah. So. We will see how it pans out. We will see. We will see how it pans out. I, the only thing is, is that we'll have to just play this game just to see how it goes. Yeah, the return of Sir Baz. Sir Baz, Sir Baz of Robinson. I think it'd be a really, really good game, though. I think that would be a game of never ending up charging the other person's dragon. So, from from when we've played this before, when you took a uh, zombie dragon with a blood dragon on it, oh, yeah, but that was the zombie dragon is the worst dragon. It can only be taken by a vampire lord, so that means it's automatically a lord and two hero slots for that one. Yeah, dragon. rather than say like a chaos lord on dragon is lord and hero, but it's a chaos lord, so it's sort of worth it. A blood dragon is also obviously a combat monster, but they don't have any weapons that make them excellent. <laughs> Do you know they, there's no there's no helm of many eyes in there, I don't think. I think it's Lamians that get to always strike first. And he's just not a chaos lord. <laughs> so what I was what I was gonna say was though, like it gets to a point where it's like you you're you're getting to where am I twenty inches away? Can I make that charge? And that's what it really boils down to. Is uh, make that charge or not? You see, whereas I reckon it will be about arcs and we will be staying out of each other. I will be staying out of your arc. Will you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because why would, why would I go near you? I can just bomb about <laughs> staying out of the arc of your hippogriff lord and casting spells for the time which I don't ha- which I have to not be in combat. It's going to all- be good. Yeah. But... Enough theoretical. We need to get into the meat of the podcast before people switch off at us bitching at each other. Yeah, but apart from us measuring cocks all the way through the podcast. No, my lord's not as broken but better than yours. (laughs) 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 Somehow he's got that dichotomy in there. But, right, so today we're going to be talking about Triumph and and Treachery. Triumph and Treachery! Not to be confused with Path to Glory or Victory is Vengeance. It's Triumph and Treachery!
so we need show notes. <laughs> right, so welcome back to the Triumph and Treachery section of the podcast. Triumph and Treachery! Can I say it was yes. your force? But I, well, every time we say triumph and treachery, we've got to say triumph and treachery. Can we not just say it normal from now on so it doesn't disrupt? Okay. Okay. Right. So we've been playing triumph and treachery. Or do you want to just echo me in the background whenever I say it? And you can say it. Treachery, treachery, treachery. Treachery. Worldwide, worldwide. Treachery, worldwide. Worldwide, worldwide, worldwide. Uh, right. Actually, getting through the segment. Yes. So we've been playing Triumph and Treachery. Treachery, treachery. treachery, treachery. Which is the eighth edition released, or maybe seventh, whatever the fuck it was. The, the not sixth edition released multiplayer format. Uh, the multiplayer format. And that was, we're going to have to name drop Matt Lloyd because he's been mithering us to play it for two years if not more and we played it then without him (laughs) yeah well we made sure we played it without him that was the key we made sure he wasn't there and then played it because we're dickheads Uh, (laughs) ostracized him completely like yeah you're not playing with us so what it is is you pick you have you three way and he's got his own missions in deployment we need to pick a a different word than that gangbang so you're having your (laughs) gangbang and Army bang, whatever it is. Army bang! Would it be an interracial army bang? It would be an interracial yeah. army bang, unless it was a, in, unless it wasn't, unless you played like three empires. Like, yeah, Reichlanders versus Middenheimers. Ostlanders and Middenheimers, yeah. Yeah, you're having your interracial army gang bang, and every phase you pick an opponent for that phase and you can't interact with the other one. So it narrows down in, say, like the magic phase or shooting phase who you can target or who you can charge in the movement phase or attack in the combat phase. Funny that. But it gives you some very hard choices and bargaining options yeah. through those phases for who you want to attack. Or you can make deals with someone like, oh, if I don't attack you now, will you not attack me in another turn? And we in- implemented a binding and non-binding agreement from like Twilight Imperium. Yeah, so just touching on that, basically we said if you did anything where it had to happen straight away, that was a binding agreement and you had to give the the amount that you said or whatever you decided to offer, you had to give it straight away. So if I away. offer Phil 50 gold or 50, very quickly, victory points are tradable. So if I've got 30, if I've got 50 victory points, which is a brass coin, I can give Phil a brass coin to not do something or do something. Right. So I could offer Phil a brass coin not to charge my unit or to not pick me as the enemy of a phase. Yeah. So, so, that, so that there we said was binding and you had to do that. And if you accepted it, you couldn't go back on it. However, if Max went, here's 50 victory points or here's a brass coin to not attack me next round next game turn i can take that off him but that's not a binding agreement because i'm not doing it straight away he's basing it on that i would be doing something in the future so that means you can be a little bit treacherous and go yeah all right, and i'll take that as you then wheel up a perfect arc for a bretonian pain train and just go like fuck you mook and blitz through it 
Yeah, so th- this is just to prevent what me or Chris definitely would have done, which is, yeah, I'll take your two gold coins to not shoot at your unit, take them off and immediately then shoot you at the unit. Shoot the unit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so we implemented that and played this through the rounds and it worked very well. Is there anything more we actually need to explain about that system? I think it was the cards, just like a lot about the cards, really, that added so much to it. So so one of the things I could have done is I, these cards where you can stop people attacking you, stop people charging you. You can remove be- special rules from units. Make someone re-roll all of their successful hits in combat. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and yeah, you can make sure someone not able to pick you as their enemy that phase. Yeah. This card. Which is quite which is quite good. But then the way the cards interact, they don't break the core mechanic of triumph and treachery. Treachery, treachery. Which is treachery. Treachery, 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 treachery. Um, so you, if, well, you seem to be fucked over in, enough anyway, aren't you? Yeah, You've got but what this with the idea that this is not going to be a tournament game of three No, people. no. So one of the things that got me, and I really like this, is that if you're in combat with somebody, but only in combat with one person, you have to pick that person as your opponent that phase. Yeah. So what you mean, not in that combat, you're the only in with them. You mean if on the board, you're only in combat, in combat with, with one person, you have to pick them as your opponent. Which is which is fair. So I this happened, and I went to play a card, which is basically, hi, you can't pick me. But the rule's quite clear. It states, like, you can't stop that from happening if you're the only viable person. So it's quite a tight-packed bit. And I know it's built for 8th edition, but it works really well for 6th. There's not too many rules discrepancies between 6th and 8th that the pack doesn't work. Because it's more talking in a broad sense. It's explaining things in terms of who you can target and who you can't, and how you get victory points. And victory points exist in sixth. Yeah. And enemies exist. Yeah. So, I really, really worthwhile if you can get a download of it uh, or, or buy it legitimately, depending on which way inclined you are. If anyone wants it, email or not email me because that's that's a, from a bygone era. Message me on Facebook and I will send it. I'm not going to link it in the show notes in case it gets taken down. Yeah. But yeah I will. True. Anyone that wants it, message me and I can link you. So really, really, really good. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I, I'd like to play more of it, in all honesty. It is it is longer, so do be prepared for that because it is. there's a lot more to do. So we played two games in a day and we got, got through to turn three, turn four, both times. And um, each one was like five hours long. Yeah, in turn three, and that's this is we were bantering all the way through it, but the game encourages you to have a bit of chat with your opponent or quite a lot. Yeah, yeah. As we go through the games that we went through, you'll see that, or at least we'll we'll attempt to describe with our amazing auditory powers, that the game will slow down because you're haggling over decisions. And you've got to discuss what you're going to do in the next turn. Or if you want, inevitably someone ends up winning and then the other two try and counter them by working together. So in our first game, do you want to go through quickly what your army was vaguely? Uh, Nurgle Beastman army with 
two chariots, dragon ogres, a giant, two units of minotaurs. You had two, three spellcasters, didn't you? I had I had a a Bray Shaman Lord, two Bray Shamans, all with Mark of Nurgle. I had a unit of ten um dudes that are ambushing. Uh, and I had another unit of ten dudes that were ambushing and a bestigore herd, which we will now from further on refer to as dog shit. Yes. So I had my Zinch list, and this is at 2,500 points. So I had my yeah. Zinch horde with a beige armed dragon with his wax set up. And then I had two aspiring champions. Oh, they were actually Marauder champions from one of the White Dwarfs articles. So they had movement eight horses, but no chaos armor because they're marauders. Everything else was the same as an aspiring champion. Uh, then I had two units of 10 centigors with full command, four units of marauder horsemen with champion and musician and flails, the regular setup. And then my screamers. Screamers and maybe some harpies as well. Not harpies, furies. And then Chris had, which was very new to us, it was the first time he'd played it, first time we'd faced it, Lizardmen with a second generation slan. I just want to add this in. I have never played Lizardmen, I, and, and I didn't know anything about them at all. But one thing I do know is that I thought I was Johnny Big Potatoes in the magic phase. That is nothing compared to a second generation slan. Yeah, so this is funny because I'm the Zinch player. You, you, you were the one with the better magic phase, and then Chris rocks up with the even better magic phase. Yeah, dictated yeah. meta all over the north of England. Oh, ridiculous! But, you could hear a thousand Warhammer Fantasy Sixth Edition players crying out in pain as he put his second edition slam on the table. Yes, it was it, <laughs> it was very good. But so we we started off in which me and you moved to engage each other. And sort of made a bit of a pass at Chris, but not too much. Yeah. Like, we didn't massively go for Chris at the start. However, when it became apparent that Chris was needed to be dealt with, as his Comet of Cassandora landed, landed on the first turn in the middle of 24 Marauder Horsemen and 10 Centigors, wiping them down to, like, 10 total models left. I was like, ah, oh, Chris needs dealing with. He needs to go. And Probably this is what it- Turn two, we realised he needed to go. So probably one of my highlights from from this from me was uh, the the inducing so much rage with you by casting affliction on Jeve and his dragon. Yeah, so this is this is the key point of this game, I think, which is why triumph and treachery is good. Is we were making deals to then deal with to like to go and take care of Chris to mop up Chris's dregs. Do you want to explain Afflictions and the dragon? (laughs) (laughs) Afflictions is a remains in play spell. It's a level 10 Nurgle spell. And what it does, it makes your movement halved, or if you're a flyer, forces you to use your ground movement, which dragons have a movement 6, so it's not terrible, but it means that you can then be... But it's not movement 20. (laughs) But it's not movement 20. And, like, you could leave your dragon at the back because it's a large target and it could, like, go over to to hit something. 
But if he's now got movement six, he's just like sat there. <laughs> Max was like, remove that from it. And I was like, in this a minute. Turn two. He cast it turn one. And I, I had to like slither out from the back of a house in the in the back of the car park. Uh, <laughs> he was like, he was like, remove it. And I went, I will do. I I will do. I've just got stuff I need to do. And I was so honestly, this is actually what happened. I styled it out, but this is what happened. Everything that I cast failed, and I was so adamant I wanted to kill some of Chris's stuff that when I went to look, I was like, "Oh, my magic phase is now over. I can't stop it because, like, I've you, it's like if you you can't just stop her remains in place, like casting or stuff like that." But you could have thrown a power stone at a random spell, knowing you'd fail it. And that's 25 points to not break our agreement. <laughs> How does that 25 points benefit me in any way, though? Because the repercussions of this... <laughs> well, I, nearly got, I nearly got wipes off the board for this. Because <laughs> Chris was like... Yeah, Max was like... The rage, the rage. This will not go unanswered. <laughs> um, the thing is, with afflictions, the, the thing that makes it an absolute ball bag of a spell is that it's power level 10. Yeah. So in your magic phase, you need to throw, really, four, four dice at it. Yeah. Three, three is average, so you need to be throwing four to do it. And that is, the majority of people's magic phase is just, like, wrecked in one go. But it's already missed. So if I go first, that dragon's already missed two chances to charge. By getting to my, my magic phase. And it's, with Nurgle magic, this is why Phil wins the magic phase out of my Zinch and his Nurgle. I can't throw dice at afflictions, which can just new to any unit. Yeah. Because you can't make a charge with an affliction unit. He <laughs> could just cast pestilence. So I can't throw anything at afflictions pretty much because so, pestilence is coming. So anybody who doesn't know what pestilence is, it is the best game in Warhammer, the best spell in, in Warhammer, hands down. It is not a remains in play spell, but remains in play, causes D6 strength four, or strength three. Three, hits. four is the, the not magic, so on. Yeah. Yeah. Strength, D6 strength three hits with no armor save. At the beginning of every... Yeah, so at the beginning of every magic phase. I had Pestilence twice on my Bray Shamans. Uh, one of my Great Shaman, which casted Afflictions, and one of my Little Ones, but I had a Power Stone. So Max like, I can't dispel this in this turn because I know that if you do that, I'm, you're just going to throw like, oh, here's, here's a load of dice at Pestilence. But any, anyway... Yeah. So that's why I couldn't stop the afflictions. Yeah, yeah. Meaning, but Phil had left some minotaurs right in front of my lord because of our previous deal to fuck Chris over. <laughs> so they got charged and destroyed. <laughs> yeah, fair, fair. Oh, me, that was not worth it for me because it's like an 800-point chaos lord that could have been doing more useful things. So, basically, and then, then Phil went back to targeting me which, do you know, like, you've got this interplay of, like, keeping up deals that you don't have to keep, like, you don't want the other person to win, but either of the other two. But you've yeah. got to make some deals, otherwise the other two are going to end up making a deal that screws you over. So, but then how do you stick to that? If someone doesn't follow the plan, 
how much do you let them get away with? Before you say enough's enough. Yeah, and my line was neutering the 800-point chaos lord, which I'm sure lots of people would agree with. But it was hilarious when I did it, though. It was. It might have been for you and Chris. Because <laughs> it, it, it benefited massively you and I think, Chris. I think the, the look on your face when it wasn't dispelled, or when I didn't uncast it, you're like, my work here is done. <laughs> so, so, so what you do you admit that you were the first one because this is an, an ongoing thing between me and Phil now you were the first one to break that alliance yeah oh that's yeah so you get mittance on air so yeah I was the first one to break it and mate it felt so good <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that is the key thing about that game was where do you, where, what do you let people get away with? Yeah. What alliances you make, because you have to make alliances in this game. So, I, think, I think that's a very good thing that when, when is, when, when do you just say no? Yeah, when is enough enough? It's a good yeah. life skill. The, the Triumph and Treachery teaching people life skills since 2016. <laughs> <laughs> so then in our second game, we played Lee. With his dogs of war. Yeah. This was interesting. Heavy, this. heavy dogs of war. This was interesting, this one, because where at any one point in this, it could have gone on either way. I don't think it was... The... Maybe from your perspective, Phil. Maybe from your perspective. So basically what happened is we were playing steal the, the baggage train, get a victory point in the centre of the battlefield and keep it all game. Now... First turn, I I went first. I moved my fast cav lot because I wasn't playing dragon this time. Because I promised Lee that I wouldn't take a dragon. Well, I think that's perfectly legit. It's mainly against Chris that I... Uh... I would have taken the dragon. Yes, well, you would have. I will next time, I promise, Phil. That's fine. <laughs> so I, I got the objective first turn, and then we can go into your perspective there, Phil. And then I'll give you my perspective of that game. I was just a little bit like an angry terrier. Do you know where you start snapping at everything, but you haven't really got the meat to actually put up the fight? Yeah. So that's how I saw myself. So I started taking shots at everyone, thinking that I would be safe and ended up just like, like, like not doing very well because of it. Um, but you the thing is, you were over it. So from my perspective of the game, I could keep my chaos... Only your generals could pick up this 500 point of victory points worth yeah. object. I managed to talk enough game that I had you thinking I was working with you against Lee, and Lee thinking I was working with him against you. And obviously, both of you know, I'm not on your side. I'm looking to win myself. So you've yeah. got to eventually kill me. But I think I talked enough. <laughs> I talked well enough that you both fought each other for most of the game. I think I only killed like two units in the entire game, and managed to just stall everything around my corner of the battlefield long enough to win on the by having the <laughs> by having the so, thing. So pretty much. I mean, uh, I think me and Lee just like at one point 
there was well, one you knew bit... what I was doing even. You knew what I was doing even. Yeah, but well, if I you just... make the right deals at the right time in this Triumph and Treachery game, if you can convince someone to just just right now, you can fuck me over in the next phase, but just right now. Don't do it. Then... Don't do it. And then you can you can win quite easily. Uh, in the but... sweetest of ways, diplomacy. The thing, the thing that got the thing that got me is that I take it very personal when one of my units gets killed. <laughs> yeah, there's no pawns in Phil's Beastman army. Oh yeah, there's there's no such thing. Every everyone's a bishop or a rook. Everyone's a bishop or a rook. <laughs> when Lee killed one of my units, I was like, "This will not go unanswered." <laughs> That's like full on. Hold up. Max has got quite a bit of an army over there. This will not go unanswered. And then before I knew it, like I had massive wide open flank. Only like two of my shock infantry hard hitters left. I was like, this has gone unanswered. I've got nothing <laughs> this else. This has gone unanswered. This is in fact a terrible position to this be is, in. This is, a, this is a terrible position. But this is when I realised in the, I think in the second game, that Bestigore are terrible yeah i would just like to say for everyone else's benefit this is not the first time phil has realized that bestigore are terrible it's just now he's realized they're so terrible he might not take them ever again yeah i think that's it it's not that I I really... you need to use them as chaos warriors in a special choice because they're just so terrible as bestigore can beast characters join hordes units uh, I don't, I don't know. Up, but I don't know. Uh, I'll have to check it. But if they can, then get Chaos Warriors. They're just, they're just, they're just rubbish. Well, they rubbish. Could, so the key thing is in this game, they couldn't, and this is obviously a Beastman thing, not a Triumph and Treachery thing. They couldn't hold up that flank at all, even against a three-man unit of ogres. No. So you had no sort of you had no diplomacy on that flank. It's all diplomacy by the sword. So if you've got no bite on that flank, you couldn't make a deal with Lee because he just well, I'm going to wipe you off the board anyway. Yeah, that's it. I mean, we're talking about diplomacy, but it's you key. Know, I think this is it's key to it. It is, but like it. you've got to be, you've got to have, you've got to prove that you could, if they don't have some form of. You know, I'll scratch your back, you scratch mine. If they don't see that there's any benefit, then there's got to be some sort of. You've got to threaten that person in a certain way for them to be able to go, ah, actually, shit, I, I actually need you to do X, Y, and Z. Because if you don't, then you're going to steamroll me. And because, like. Yeah, you need <laughs> them to target the third party by. You need, like, the mutual assured destruction. Yeah, like, like this isn't going to benefit my... either of us. Yeah, you need like, well, don't attack me and I won't attack you. You might as well go against the weaker target over there. Yeah. And he's better yeah. having this cold war with one person than it is fighting two. But I think what really did it and where I would never have got Lee to do this was when um, my, I beat a beast herd, five gore, five ungore, came on from ambush, and then charge these Alicante Fellowship in the back. And I think as soon as I did that, I could see the murder in his eyes. He had a beautiful smile still, but I could see the murder in his eyes where he was like, this will not go unanswered. 
And yeah, it, that, that was the this will not go unanswered moment from him, wasn't it? Yeah, that was his this will not go unanswered. What, a truth set an Albion truth sayer? Yeah, yeah. Uh, an Albion truth sayer, three ranks of pikemen, and I charged him in the rear. So I plus two, killed killed four of them. Yes, I've got this. They fled. Um you fled an inch behind him, which was key. Yeah, so I went to uh not overrun, because that's the wrong. I went to pursue. And he rolled an eight and I rolled a seven. And I was like, oh man, that is rubbish. You know, I thought I had that unit. I like just like 500 points for unit puff up in smoke. And after that, Lee's like, yeah, we're not friends no more. We can't be friends. And I was like, well, what I have learned is that, and this is something completely different, an ambushing beastman herd needs to be 12. Why do you say that? So it's got the extra rank bonus. It's just got the extra rank bonus just in case you fluff your attacks. Right. So the key bit of that for me was I got to bargain with Lee. So I had a unit of Furies in Lee's backline just to march block, stuff like that. Just five Furies. I then got to bargain with Lee. So if I, rather than running down your fellowship, I attacked Phil's beast herd i got him to pay me the value of the beast herd so i effectively doubled that value so that yeah. i didn't down his fellowship knowing that still the fellowship would then end up regrouping and basically being out of the game because well re- rally in the next turn is sort of out of the game because it was 20 inches of marching away from anything else so i got him to pay me for doing for attacking phil for him to save a unit that didn't massively come into the game, basically. And just that little bit of diplomacy on, like, I'm going to attack him for you, pay me money to do it. And I was going to attack Phil anyway. Yeah, I think that was the key thing. You were going to do it anyway. Yeah, it was well, it was needed. I had, I had things that needed to be answered for from you from the first game. It was all blurring into one in my mind anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so the rage was still there from the first game. But but that is why we're going to be playing more Triumph and Treachery, isn't it? Definitely, definitely. I, you know, it doesn't replace the, the the one versus one, but it is a good way to have like a beers and pretzels approach to it. Yeah, I, I think it's full day for one game. You've got to you've got to put that time aside a full day to do it properly because you want to be you want to be shouting at each other over every decision. Or at least who's picking who is the enemy that phase. You want to be bargaining and haggling. Yeah, and like, really, no, really. It's, you need to do that and trying to convince them. Obviously, you need to stop if they're like, oh, I'm doing this. But yeah, so that, that's deciding, convincing someone to do something you want is like key element of the game. So I think that's one thing that we did really well in this. And I think it's a point that you need people need to be aware of. That if you, are you try and convince somebody to do something, if they go... Well, I'm doing this. That's it then. Like if they, if they, if they're like, if you're like, oh, don't attack me. Here's the money, and they go, well, no, I'm going to attack you. That needs to be the end of. That's just then final, isn't it? Yeah, that's final that's... then. You can up your bid to them. Like you could like, oh, but I pay so much more. That's fine. But you, you know, really, you shouldn't badger and harass the person if they're adamant they're going to do something. 
if it is to their own folly in the end, like it was with me many a time, then that so be it. But you can't really carry on. And one other thing that we've been doing before we head out, head out the cast is I've just acquired, or it's on its way, an Ender 3 version 2. So, oh, so I can add to the 3D printing madness that's already going on in the house. And we're going to end up playing a Mordheim campaign on the 19th of February. Is it the 19th? It is the 19th of February. Yeah, so we're going to play a few games then. Uh, and there will so, potentially be three-way gang bangs, because it's not an army bang. And it might still be... band, gang, bang. I think gang bang still, See, still gang... works. Okay. What yeah. are you taking anyway to Mordheim? So, my plans at the moment is, well, I want to do this as, because we're not doing the path to glory anymore, because Jebe died. Um, I'm going to have Beiji mounting an expedition into Mordheim, because we're starting with the actual city, we're not doing any extended supplements, other than, if you go on Broheim, and I don't know why it's called Broheim, I'll have to work it out, home of the bros. Broheim, I mean, mean, I I think it's quite self-explanatory. But why did they choose... Anyway, anyway, can't digress anymore. So, yeah, Imagine we... that, like, you're chugging a beer. Like, yo, bro, yeah. Heim. And you're like, yes, bro. And I think that... It, it's for the chads that play Mordheim. Is that it? Because they're all chads that play Mordheim. Uh, no, just that set few that did that website. I'm really sorry, by the way. I'm just joking. I bet, I bet you're a lovely person and you're not like that at all. Are you saying that all people that are chads can't be nice people as well? How yes. judgmental, how judgmental, Philip. But, yeah, so we're playing anything with a gang rating of one or higher on their scale, which basically means it's, it's been approved by, it's either from an official source or it's been approved by official sources, like, vocally. So that includes, like, the Border Towns Burning Supplement, which gives me some Chaos Marauders warband, rather than, because I'm not, not massive on the possessed. I'm someone that likes my warband just pillaging the old world. That's that's what I'm in it for. That's what I'm in it for, pillaging the old world and magic. But So, yeah, that's what I'm taking. So I'm, do you want me to go down my actual gang list at the moment? Well, you can do if you want. You can do if you want. So at the moment, I've got a chieftain with a sword, heavy armour, shield, and a barbed whip. Just so that I can make that noise all the time. <laughs> when you did that, all I got was the Smithers thing from uh, from The Simpsons. Where he's like, whip. It's a licorice whip. Licorice whip. I said whip it. Licorice whip. So then I've got a seer with a two-handed weapon, which will be staff. I've got a condemned, which is a, someone that's turned from one god to another god. So he's, their body's been racked with mutations. So you roll for their, I think it's strength, toughness, weapon skill attacks every turn. Wow. Um, or you, you roll when it comes up. So you don't actually know at the start of the turn, but you get into combat and then, right, right, I'm going to be rolling to hit. You roll the weapon skill. Right, I'm going to be rolling to wound. You roll the, the strength. Um, so we've got that. I've got two champions with swords. 
and I've got two Marauder henchmen with one with a sword and shield, one with a spear and shield. And then I've, I've not actually chosen. You can choose from Norse, Kurgan, and Hung. Hung gets horses very cheap and the ride skill for everyone. But I don't know whether I want you to subject you all to that or whether, or whether it's even good. I'm not really bothered. But I was like, horses could end up being incredibly overpowered. I'll just leave it for now. Kurgan get bows, which I sort of want, but then that means I'm not getting horses all the, for all of them. And then my guys aren't Norse, so it won't be Norse. But those are the two that fit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So go on, what are you doing? Because I know it's not the Beastman. No, no. So I got a massive rod on for warrior priests. And <laughs> yeah. uh, you just, uh, you could take the Sisters of Sigma, but I was kind of like, actually like, I really wanted uh, some of the new Witch Hunter models that have come out. So I was like... Witch Hunter from the Cursed City set, you mean, don't you? So there's the Cursed City set, and then there's just two random ones. I like Sorry, I'm laughing so hard at the E going Rod on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> rod on. <laughs> right, go on, continue. So I, I thought I'd do a Witch Hunter... Uh, Witch Hunter's uh, gank. <laughs> To yeah. satisfy the rod. So I, I've got a witch hunter captain with a sword, a buckler, and a crossbow pistol. So he's getting two parries. This is that's about the extent I know of the Mordheim rules. Is yeah. parries. But swords get to parry, so you want I imagine you want swords. Because it's like like Necromunda with the parry. Yeah. Like this is the thing we've never played Nec- um, Mordheim before. No, so this might be absolutely rubbish, but I was like, I don't really want them taking armor because I don't think witch hunters would take like heavy armor or anything like that. So yeah. I was like, oh, that I'll I'll take them with uh, swords and bucklers to parry attacks. I'd yes. be like really aggressive with him. The next one, I've got a hammer and a crossbow. That's just a normal witch hunter. So is I've that got, a, hero? a hero? Yeah, that's a hero. Uh, I've got a, another witch hunter with just a, a crossbow and a hammer. Uh, so these are hand crossbows, because I know you can get them, can't you? No. Like, like a proper crossbow crossbow. Proper crossbow. Right, The okay. crossbow pistol is a hand crossbow. Yes. So then I've got another witch hunter with a sword and a crossbow pistol. And mm-hmm. then I've got a warrior priest with two hammers. Because, like, I don't actually... A warrior priest with two hammers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, I don't actually know what that does, but I thought, oh, that sounds... You know, I like warrior priests. I crack some skulls, that's what he does. Exactly, exactly. But, like, in my head, and in my, like, sort of warband progression, whether this is right or wrong, I thought, I'm only going to give the warrior priest armor going forward. What, out of all of them? Out of all of them. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it makes sense because also like witch hunters in all films and stuff are like dudes running about fighting vampires and yeah. witches. And stuff. So you, you want that you want that sort of like leather look, don't you? Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> so that, that, that that BDSM look. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Then how many I've people got... are you gonna have gag, how many gag people? Flagellants. <laughs> I've got two flagellants both with um flails. Okay. I don't know if that's if that's good or bad, but I was just like, eh, might as well give them flails because that's what they usually have. 
Yeah. And then I've got four warhounds. One for chasing down witches. So, yeah, but I know that warhounds seem pretty decent just because they've got better stats than most of my other models. Well, from slight research, you know that witch hunter warbands tend to be quite rubbish in combat, in, like especially the heroes. Yeah, it, it sounds like a warband to me. It sounds like a warband. Yeah, so four, four, so four warhounds, two fl- fl- uh, flagellants, two witch hunters with crossbows and hammers, one witch hunter with crossbow pistol, buckler, and sword. Witch hunter, uh, sorry, warrior priest with two hammers. And witch hunter captain with crossbow pistol, sword, and a buckler. So, you know, it, it should be pretty good. And I'm going to use Cursed City Witch Hunter, who has that big, like, crossbow shotgun thing. You know he's quite big, don't you? But... Yeah, 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 that's fine. That's fine, because I'm going to use two of the newer uh, models as well. They're Witch Hunter, which is a, a, a father and daughter. Ah, uh, the ones that were supposed to be coming out for Cursed City that... That never did, yeah. But I also want to use... Uh, there's a guy that's like a fencer noble from Cursed City called, like, Glario Fancy something. Pants. Glario Fancy Pants. So yeah. what, I, what I'm trying to do is get a cheap version of one of the witch hunters and put the hat on his head. So they all have those wide-brim Salem-like hats. Yeah, so they can all look like Van Helsing in the he, the Hugh Jackman movie. Pretty much. Pretty <laughs> much. All I need now is a model that looks like Rachel Vice. Oh, it's not Rachel Vice, is it? Who is it now? Not. Whoever the female lead is not Rachel Vice. Yeah. Oh, I actually don't know who it is. A Kate Beckinsale. I just need a Kate Beckinsale model and I'll be set. We'll try and look out for one for you. But yeah, twenty-eight mil Kate Beckinsale model. But that, that's if, anyone, my... if anyone knows any fills on the lookout. Yeah. Um. So that's my warband. Again, I don't know if it's good. I don't know if it's bad. Don't know what it's like at all. Never played the game. If it's if it's really good, I think I might re-roll it and just like tone it down a little bit. If it's really bad then I'll be scoring, scouring the internet from 20 years ago to try and find out how I make it any better. Yeah, but that's that, I think. I, there's not too much we can say, but expect us to say our thoughts on Mordheim going forwards from the 19th of Feb. Because we're hopefully going to be doing these podcasts more regularly. One's about to come out today, but that's not this one. That's um, because we got confused about what the password was for our SoundCloud to get it updated, uploaded. Well, no, no, that's that's not why. Like, we, I thought a monthly release schedule was better than two, three months, and then two more episodes, and then a month, and then three episodes, and then two months more regular. Because apparently that's what everyone wants. So, like bran flakes. Is it just because we're getting older that, that now we want we basically want to be the Bram Flakes of podcasts? I would like to be the regular podcast, yeah. I'd like to be the Bram Flakes of podcasts. What Does that is, come with also being very mundane? Well, what we could do is add a bit of raisins into it now and again to spice it up. Ooh, you really do know how to, how to make me feel good. Yeah, but, I'm glad, I'm glad. Right, well, 
hopefully we'll speak to everyone soon. Yeah, definitely. And if anyone wants the Triumph and Treachery, remember to message me on Facebook and I will get it through to you. So, in a bit, guys. Take care. See you later.